0: Welcome back to We Are TPM. We are here for this week's episode again with uh, John Shera and Kyle Tshara. We're ready to get into it with you.
1: Yeah, excited. Today, we're doing actually part two of yep. our series on how does a great property manager make you more money, right? More money. Is the key more there. money. That's right. Make even <laughs> more money than you're already making. So a lot of people out there. So this series is really for the people that are already landlords, property managers um, they own property that they're renting and they're doing pretty well with it right Kyle we see a lot of people they do just fine but but this the purpose of this is really to show you how we can make you maximize that investment and make you the most money it's, you can
0: it's for everybody with rental properties or rent portfolio who doesn't have a good PM making them more money that's right I mean, that's right it's, it's that's it I love it. it could be a bigger crowd than, than just that so. that's right. All right, so let's let's get
1: right into it. So this is part two of our series, and it's regarding maintenance, mm-hmm. right? It's probably we put it as part two because it's probably the second biggest way that that we as as great property managers um, help our clients make them the most money and maximize that investment. Because part of what we're doing is we're not just collecting rent, we're not just finding tenants, we're we're maintaining that asset, right? Making sure it's standing, making sure it's in great condition, making sure it's in the condition it needs to be in to get the most rent.
0: Managing all aspects of, of that property, yeah. So, and and a huge part of that it ties into it is maintenance, and it's a huge part that can uh, vary on how successful or unsuccessful it, it makes your rental and your your profit margins such a true statement.
1: So Kyle, let's get into our our topic here and and the first part of it I wanted kind of wanted to go over is is the biggest reason why a great property manager can really help you with maintenance is because they have the experience that's needed to make the correct decision. And the correct decision,
0: I use that term because that's <laughs> not always the cheapest decision, right? It is. It brings in a lot of factors. Um, the correct decision is, is not just doing maintenance correctly, but doing the correct maintenance, knowing what the correct maintenance to do is and the correct maintenance not to do is, um, and really what, what you label maintenance and what you don't. So, Because it's not always maintenance. You know, mm. re- renovations, uh, upgrades, uh, strategic maintenance. Well, we're going to get into that, so yeah. don't get
1: ahead of us because <laughs> we're going to get into that here. But... Um, you're, you're absolutely 100% correct. It's not all just maintenance and repairs, right? It's, it's this is, and that's what we're talking about today is we're talking about all of it. So um, knowing the best method for the overall health of the home is one of the things that you get from that experience, right? So let's say, I don't know, a common one I like to use is foundation, right foundation like you got, you got some cracks showing up showing some signs of stress so people kind of freak out and think that they need foundation work and they need they need some peers and it's going to cost ten thousand dollars and that's what i hear all the time when in reality it doesn't cost that much it's not that big a deal and maybe it doesn't even need peers like i like to look around the home at the cause of the problem where are their drainage problems where is there too much water sitting around or not enough? Where do we have erosion? Um, we just look for all the signs. Some people put planters up where it holds water next to the home. Look for signs that might have caused the problem and then get rid of that. and And sometimes it's as simple as... A French drain,
0: and knowing all the solutions is kind of what you're saying. Because mm-hmm. sometimes yep. the solutions aren't the best logistical solutions, but are possible. You can work it out. It can be something you can do. And it's not not always on rentals. On on you know, sometimes it's, it's a logistical problem because you're not the homeowner. Mm-hmm. Um, from my personal experience, my first home needed at when I acquired it, it said 26 piers on it for foundation issues. Mm-hmm. Well, I was property manager and still am, but. <laughs> I went my own route and got gutters and watered the lawn that hadn't been watered in twenty years, and you know got that part of it correct. And by the end of it, it needed three piers on one corner, you know, because yep. exactly. that's what was dragging down the home. It was exactly it was the ground. So exactly. knowing why things happen really help you f- make the correct decision on how to mitigate them. So
1: that's a great example of, of that's that's exactly right. So how about? anticipating future problems kyle just being proactive to see things in the future
0: yeah and part of that is the decisions you make on how you uh you you cost decisions what when you when you maintenance something 17 times that you could have just replaced once (laughs) uh is you know when is that decision made if it's made too deep into the you know 17 if it's the Six times, seven times, then you're like, well, I've already gotten here. So making those proactive decisions from the first or second time is is, a somewhat decent example. So what
1: you're saying is like knowing that if I repair this, I'm going to be repairing it again. So maybe it needs a different repair or replacement instead.
0: Yes, and knowing the cost of both, or at least right. looking at it. If yeah. your repair cost is 200 and your replacement cost is 220 it doesn't really matter how many, you know, what's the life of this maintenance repair versus an extra 20 bucks to have something brand new. So yeah. It's not always true, but yeah. there is definitely instances where it is. So.
1: When I think about being proactive in future problems, I think about, I hate to pick on the foundation, but I'm going to go there <laughs> again because... You know, our homes that we manage that don't have a sprinkler system. One of the one of our one of our checklist items during turnover is making sure it has um, soaker, soaker hoses, soaker hoses all the way around with yeah. with timers. That's just pro- being proactive. That's something most people won't do. That's just recognizing that tenants aren't going to take the time to take a sprinkler hose and move it around the yard like a homeowner would, with as much care and and so. Let's be proactive and make sure that foundation gets watered on a regular basis. Yeah, with and a it's, soaker hose.
0: It's, it's being proactive because it's thinking about the logistics and, and who's in what interest is things being done. It's in our interest to make sure the property is taken care of for our homeowners. It's in our homeowners' interest to make sure it's taken care of. Tenants' interests aren't fully about the foundation, right? So that's where timers come in and, and having those little pieces where it actually gets done. So not just do this. <laughs> you touched on this
1: Kyle, but having an understanding of the cost of services really helps, doesn't it? And it helps
0: in making those decisions. It's essential. It's because a, a lot of times you have to either bring people in to estimate things. You have to spend money to make those considerations. Well, if you already know or you have a ballpark or a really strict idea of it, you can make those decisions not just on the fly, but you can you can advise, you can you can give options to people that otherwise would only have one or two maybe.
1: It's like we call that reducing the learning curve a little bit, right? Yeah, like, yeah, so I mean, instead of taking the time and bringing a bunch of people out to answer your question by because you need all the options and how much they cost, we probably have already done it and we probably already know about at least about how much it costs.
0: Yeah, because it's like any other service. I believe property managers are um, paid to, for their experience on top of doing something you either don't want to do or don't have time to do or anything like that. It is also something that they should be exclusively um educated and and experienced in so i love it
1: so kyle for the like uh, the second part of this i really want to touch on is having the right contractors that you trust this is a really big one isn't Mm -hmm. it and so i want to get into this really deep with you if we can because we kind of pride ourselves on this very thing right um I think if you're trying new contractors, you got to be quick to move on. But then when you get loyalty and you recognize that loyalty and you recognize integrity in a contractor and somebody willing to serve you in the best possible possible way, you've got to hang on to that. Don't you?
0: Yeah. Contractors are just like, I mean, they're not always treated this way, but they're just like employees or any other decision you make in, in a business is uh, you set the expectation. They should give you an expectation and, that will make the whole thing seamless. It also makes it clear when, when one end of the stick isn't being fulfilled. So um, having that solid, like you said, loyalty, loyalty is comes after setting those expectations and getting experience with each other, of course, but yeah,
1: it does. making right. sure
0: you can have a team because they are part of your team where they yep. work for you. They don't. Yes, sir. Uh, someone that you can trust and that will hold themselves uh, responsible for their own work. So, um, you know, we told our homeowner this was going to cost this much. You were going to do it. You did it. Um, there's a small issue. There's not a conversation of what that's going back out there to take care of what was already decided is. It's just go back out there and finish it. You know, if you have to have that conversation... Maybe, you're having, maybe there's a problem with those expectations and everything. So
1: You're right. I love that you recognized that these are a part of our team because there's a lot of people that are a part of our team, like our lenders and our insurance people and our title people and our our inspector and all these people we consider a part of our We've always considered a part of our team. We consider our trusted contractors, not all of our contractors, <laughs> but the ones you just described, the loyal, trusted contractors that have been Boy. with us a while. They're absolutely team members of
0: ours. Yeah. And it's not even just us considering them part of our team. Um, our tenants will ultimately, enough yeah. loyalty and use, they will consider, <laughs> and the contractor will consider a part of our team because they get, they're on their phone. They, they try to bypass <laughs> us to, you know. Speak That's to funny, the contractor. Which we
1: do not have a problem with. No, as I long as it's our it's contractor. A
0: yeah. But it's uh <laughs> it's a thing. So, <laughs> so
1: Kyle, I, when I think of the reason why having the the right contractor is being so important, the first thing I think of is diagnosis and evaluation, right? We have a problem. We've got two hundred properties that we're gonna manage and You know, we don't have time to go out to every single one and put our eyeballs on all of the problems that come up when you're looking at, you know, managing two, three, four hundred properties. So, you want to trust your contractor to be able to go out there, evaluate what's happening correctly using their expertise that you trust, Mm -hmm. and give a correct diagnosis with some some great options.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we can create the options from a diagnosis, but having a contractor that can do that for us first. And then let us build off. It is huge. And diagnosis part is huge too. I mean, it's just like, you know, we've talked about this, attendance, a submit a work order and tell me something's broke. It's not very useful to me. Um, it tells us we need to get out there, but it doesn't describe the issue. I shouldn't be getting that from my diagnosis person too, that, Hey, your, your microwave's broke. Um, no, why, why is it broken? What's wrong with it? Um, I can't build off broke. You're just telling me to replace it. <laughs> is it need a new, you know, little spinny tray or, you know, whatever is, what's the problem? How are we fixing it? Why are we fixing it? Because mm-hmm. that's what our homeowners are going to want to know. And that's what we owe them to tell them yep. when we're doing any repairs.
1: Yeah, so. yep. absolutely. So, um, you know, that, and and that kind of leads into, you know, as far as diagnosis, one of the things when you get, when you have somebody out to your home to do something, especially when it's an expertise that you don't know, right? You and I have more of an expertise than the average person, maybe even the average homeowner because of how often we deal with this stuff. However, something you don't know about and you bring a contractor out there, like let's say AC, AC is a classic example. Like who really understands the inner workings of an AC guy, except an AC guy, right? (laughs) And so you send him out there and he says, this is what's wrong. Like, How are you ever going to know, unless you trust and know that contractor, that you're not being taken or told something that's, whether it's intentional or not, that's wrong? You know what I mean? Like, doesn't everybody have those moments in their life where they always, they trust in their contractor because they feel like, you know, this seems like a good guy. He seems like he has integrity and he says, this is what's wrong. So, all right, here's 400 bucks, go fix it. How do we know it costs that much? How do we know that's actually the best solution, that that's actually... You never really know. There's always a level of trust
0: that you're putting in. There has to be a level of trust and, and knowledge of experience, all those things. It's kind of like when I get told, don't send your wife to the to the car shop with, by herself, <laughs> you know, because they're going to tell her everything's wrong. That's just... it's <laughs> uh, not going to say anything about that other than it, it, the statement is because there's an assumption that not they're taking advantage, but they don't know the details of what, of the inner workings, right? Um, I won't say we know the full details of the inner workings of, of HVAC, but we, we definitely know the steps of what causes what and what leads to what and yeah. why, um, and that's important. You know, if, if my AC is not, if my AC is cooling, but the fan won't kick on and you're telling me it's it's out of Freon, I'm like, well, okay, well, how do we know that until the fan's on? Um, Then check the Freon, you know, that kind of thing. There's a, there's a step to the process.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And to your point and to, to the point of our topic is, is having that right contractor allows us to not have to go through those steps, right? Mm -hmm. We don't need, we have a couple AC contractors we use that, that we have so much trust in that we don't even need to question when they say, right? Um, our AC contractor, we've been using for ab- for years. I'm going to give them a shout-out. Is that okay, Kyle? Is yeah, okay we give them way. a shout-out? Jesse Romero. Romero's a- a- HVAC or Romero's Heating and AC is what it's called technically. But um, Jesse and I go way back. His son, Tim, has been running the company. They are great people, tons of integrity. And one of the things I learned from working with them I learned a lot about AC because they stopped and they explained to you, mm-hmm. especially if you were on site, right? They would stop and show you and explain to you. And they've been a real blessing in, in our understanding, and our level of understanding and where we
0: are right now. Oh, they have a huge part of it. And, and like you said, the, the trust makes it to where you don't need to know all those details or you can trust that those that that their diagnosis is true that doesn't mean we don't get them right they still provide those to us there's never a question or a you know question we reach out about about why this happened whatever whatever the case that they can't answer right then and there or i can't talk to the tech that went there um or the tech doesn't come by our office if it's a big enough issue and explain it there at face value so um that level of I guess cooperation is, is is huge. So
1: You're right. I feel like, Kyle, that there needs to be like a PSA right now, right? Like I'm feeling... I'm sitting here realizing and remembering all the stories I've ever heard about people being told they needed a new AC unit from these bigger companies whose... The guys that they send out are commission-based mm-hmm. and they are their payment, their pay is based on selling systems, not selling little $25 parts and getting $75 trip fees, right? And so a lot of, I don't want to say all, but a, a great many of our big AC companies are ba- are, are structured this way. And, yeah. and people are told they need new AC systems when they need maybe a, a small little capacitor.
0: Well, and yeah, and part of that's tied to... Ironically, a law from tw- 15, 20 years ago about um, you know getting R-22 free on it out of use in the mm-hmm. U.S. It was mm-hmm. a 20-year, uh, don't correct me if I'm wrong, 15, 20-year yeah. uh, plan that ended in 2020. It was right? Bill Clinton that did this. Yeah, and it, 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 so yeah, it, it got more there. and more expensive for recharging and all that. So it gave this whole umbrella of you need to replace your AC unit but because it's not cost effective to repair this seven times over the next 10 years. It's not that you need to do it right now. It's just not making that decision for you. People don't want those kind of decisions made for them if if right now they're strapped and they can repair it for 150 bucks, you know?
1: You're you're 100% right. So the the attitude and the sales pitch that we heard from AC guys that we're hearing now, which is actually a valid one, there's no point in fixing this because the parts are too expensive and the free too expensive. That's actually a valid point now, but we were hearing that 10 years ago when you could have just been repairing it and keeping it going over the course of 10 years.
0: Yeah, and then you have the whole ironic thing of uh, the date was January 1st, 2020, and then COVID happened, and then that kind of the Freon ban became a little bit of a gray area, so (laughs) it'll probably continue to go into effect now, but it uh, bought some time.
1: I, I, okay, so Let's get into the level of, um, one of the reasons why our contractors work so well for us is because they get a consistent level of business from us,
0: right? And they really appreciate that, don't they? Yeah, it's not, it's loyalty appreciation. If you want to get the best, best bang for your buck, which we want to get for all of our clients is not. Don't ask people to discount their service, make their service worth worth it to them. That's right. If I guarantee you, I don't have to guarantee it, but if you know you're getting service at all my properties and all this stuff, there's a certain level of loyalty there and call it retail value. We're not charged retail value. We're charged. That's right. Uh,
1: I call it a fair price, right? Because it's a price that maybe l- that's less than the average consumer would get. But it's still a fair price that makes it worthwhile for the contractor because I operate by a a really – I think that there's a really simple rule that people either get or they don't get. And that is that you get what you pay for, Mm -hmm. right? That's true for everything in life, right? And – you know, you pay more to get more, you pay less, you're going to get less. That's just a really simple idea. And some people have a hard time wrapping their brain around it. But with contractors, it is so
0: true. It is true, especially if you look at the details. I mean, uh, you know, sometimes you what you get isn't what you thought you were paying for, but uh, you get what you pay for is important because it also it matters in the decisions you make, not just on using contractors, but on what upgrades you do and which direction you go with it? So, what's better for the the investment goal here? If it's a thirty year rental, what's better for a thirty year lifespan of this house versus what's better for this year? So, no, yep.
1: love it, love it. All right, Kyle, let's get let's switch gears. Let's get get away from contractors <laughs> a little bit. How's that? Okay, so let's talk about the maintenance episode. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, it's maintenance, maintenance and repairs, kind of right. So let's talk about. Um, knowing when a specific update is necessary. And we've had some interesting things that we've done recently with some of our, our units that we could talk about. But this is important. This is important for whoever's managing your property to be able to recognize that this is necessary to improve the value of your rent. That's really the goal, right? You're you, This is a Uh, rental properties you want to you want to get the most maximize the most rent you can out of it
0: yeah and that that takes there's timeline decisions in there like things you do during a during a flip versus during a turnover during when a tenant's in there like i'm I'm always huge on when if you're going to renovate to make maximum profit on a rental which is assumingly what most people do um then then do that and make the changes that are going to mitigate Regular maintenance over the course of that lease or mitigate a whole bunch of repairs that add up to your entire renovation bill because they were done um, in specific trips over three years, you know, mm-hmm. all that adds up when you do it, just like what, what, what you said earlier, you get what you pay for. You do everything you need to do all at the time you're, you've set to do it you're setting yourself up for a lot more success. When yep. you leave 20% out, that 20% is going to be sprinkled over whatever time yep. period horizon is still there. And cost-wise, that costs more money. It always costs more money. So More money, more headache, right? Yeah. Yep. It's bulk work, bulk discounts. It's all Everything in life is cheaper when it's in the bulk. <laughs> I love it. So to your point, um, you're making the home, you also want
1: to make the home more appealing to tenants, which is kind of, kind of your point there is, is you know, if you're going to do it, do it during turnover. But when you're trying to decide what it updates to do, do updates that are going to make the home more appealing to tenants. So more tenants, more potential tenants want to rent the home.
0: Yeah. And it's not just, uh, hate to steer it back to HVACs, but it's not just so wanting we beat to beat up the on home. foundations
1: and HVACs yeah, today. B-
0: but, but staying in the home is also great for you know, you don't want turnovers. Homeowner doesn't want it. Tenants generally don't want to move. But one of those underlying things you don't really see and people don't mention as often is electricity bills. You could have an old unit that's driving up your tenant's electricity bill. Yeah, you don't care, but you're going to have a turnover every year because they have a four or $500 insane electricity bill when they could have $150. You think they're not looking at that. They are. And when if if they find out or they they think that a new HVAC could be the solution to their electricity bill and you don't do it, then you know, you're likely gonna lose that tenant right. and you're likely gonna lose the next tenant and you're likely gonna lose the next tenant until
1: you do and it. And there's turnover so. costs to all that, right? There's a cost to turning over tenants. Right, so in between tenants, getting the home ready, marketing, all the costs that 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 go into take it. that go into it. Yeah. So and absolutely. it's
0: marketable to tenants to say I have new energy efficient uh, HVAC uh, with the water heater too. I guess not not as big if we're being honest, but I mean mm-hmm. it's still to see energy efficient things like new windows replaced, all mm-hmm. that. Like if you yep. know what you're talking about, looking for for cheap bills. Those are what pe- those are what people look for because you can't change that,
1: especially in the higher priced homes, right? Oh yeah, I mean, definitely. You're you're looking at a, you know, a small duplex in I don't know in Fort Worth. That tenant probably cares a little bit less than um, a hard-working family that's in a four bedroom in the middle of Mansfield, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean. They just have a different perspective on...
0: And area matters hundreds. too, right? Yep. I mean, we do live in North Texas where it gets in the hundreds during the summer and I'd say 32s, but can get down to zero in the winter mm. from mm. what I've seen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so there's, it's a big swing. It's a lot big load on your appliances. So it's, uh, it's important to look at all factors as always.
1: So this kind of goes along with that. And that's just, just you want to take away objections when you're doing, you know, we're going to get into turnovers here in a minute, but whenever you have an opportunity to get rid of an objection, like what you mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe in that particular instance, that AC was the objection, but I'm thinking more like visual objections, right? If you have something in the home, a layout issue, a yard issue, something that is turning people off when you're, when you're turning it over, when you're making a repair and you have an opportunity to fix it, do
0: it. Get rid mm-hmm. of that objection. Yeah. I mean, it, when you're replacing appliances, you're, you're probably talking about painting a room when you're painting the house yep. and you want to avoid yep. the baseboards, but everyone's not going to rent it because the baseboards weren't painted. Well, how much extra was that when your painters were in here? You know, uh-huh. that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, it's just making a a wholesome decision towards your goals when, when you're renovating and when you're repairing. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, and, and along those lines, just taking advantage of, so well, let's say you have a bigger loss, right, or a bigger repair that you're doing. Sometimes it's better, to, to your point, let's say you have a flood in the laundry room, but, you know, the two back bedrooms also need to be painted and you're going to have to repair the laundry room. You know, take advantage of it. Get it done. Get You're going to have contractors in there anyways. Get it done, knock it out, and it'll be cheaper than than it will
0: if you wait, plus plus tenant experience, you know, getting it all done at once is a lot happier for the resident of any home than doing it every. You know, getting a call every week, you're messing with their schedule. Uh, it's not fair to people to mess with their schedule any more than you have to. Not not more you want to, any more than you have to is really how you should look at it. So. um These are people's homes.
1: (laughs) And then, you know, the other thing to remember when you're considering what updates to do and you're trying to decide what updates to do is they almost always increase the value of the home if and when you decide to sell it, right? So even if you don't plan to sell it anytime soon, somebody's going to sell that property at some point and benefit from that update that you did.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and generally, you'd be you selling it when you right. when you go to put it on the market or whatever it is. But especially if you sell it as a rental, that's when you're selling a rental to another investor for a rental. Mm, yep, those things get looked at higher than than when you're just selling it out on the market. People on the market, they're looking for what they want. Investors are looking for those data points. Well, how old's the roof? How old's the AC? How old's, it's, it's all low. new? Okay, well then my my whole calculation is different. You know. The AC is five to ten years old in the state of Texas. My calculation is a little bit different, so we just sold there a, is value.
1: Yeah, we just sold a duplex from one investor to another that that they bought so quickly because of that right there, Kyle. Because they they renovated the entire place and they could see that you know all this was well taken care of and renovated right before we went under contract and they were
0: and that was the only questions they, they were saw all the in. renovation and everything and yep. they were like how old's the AC? How old's the roof? Yep. How old are the appliances? Yep. They were all replaced. There wasn't more questions. So
1: I love it Kyle. So uh, this is going to be a little bit repetitive, but I did want to talk about turnover from a turnover perspective. So a lot of what we did on turnover, I mean, we're making a lot of the decisions the same way
0: that we just talked about, right? With with maintenance. Yeah, and, and I mean, our topic is how to make, how a good PM makes you more money. Well, from what we know, uh, most PMs don't do what we're about to say, is we actually go in there and not only do a turnover inspection and provide it to whoever you ask us to, um, with your okay on it, which 99% are, we will write up that list, um, basically be the GC so you don't mm-hmm. have to pay a GC yep. and we don't charge you anything for it because right. it's quick, it's efficient. Um, like we said in the last episode, when you're not making money, we're not making money. So that's we're right. trying to make the process as efficient, seamless, and prof- profitable for our clients as we can.
1: So, so you're, you're right. And that's one of the ways that we add value that other people don't. So we manage the turnover where most most property managers will will just tell the homeowner, Hey, property is going to be, uh, going to be vacant on June 20th. Let us know when it's ready.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. That That's how most of them handle it. Yeah,
0: I wouldn't throw most in there. They give a second option of, you know, this, this is what we'll do if you want us to handle it, blah, blah. This is how that's going to look. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess is what we do too, but it's more of a, this is not an added service. This is a piece of our service. Right. Take, Use it or yep. don't if you choose to, but that's this is our service. It's not so. gonna cost you any more. Yeah. We manage your property from hired cash flow. So mm-hmm. yeah. All
1: right. So let's get into turnovers a little bit. I've got the, one of the one of the biggest things, benefits I guess, that that we can offer to people when we're doing turnovers is quick evaluation and quick action. Because mm-hmm. speed is everything, right? Is Your burning. vacancy rate—we watch our vacancy rate on our on our dashboard. I don't know if you pay attention to it, Kyle, but I watch it every Definitely. day. It moves around. It goes from, you know, three to seven. I've seen it. You know, we you have a you have a tough turnover, and it pops up to seventeen days and comes back down. And and so that's that, that number is really important to me because it tells me how well we're doing getting stuff turned over, so we don't have vacancy time. You know why, Kyle? Because that's one of the biggest fears investors have, especially new investors. How long are my homes going to be vacant without any rent being paid?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and turnover time, is it's huge into time horizons, all that stuff. So if you get as close as you can get to zero, the better. That's what they want to hear. And uh, we pride ourselves on getting it as close to zero as we, as we can by being proactive, using those 30 days um, before move out. Uh, to do everything we can mm-hmm. do in that time, yep. uh, get all the info we can in that time and you know, flip it as quickly as we can. Yeah. So. That's
1: a good point. If we're managing it right now, we're doing exactly that. But what if we take over and somebody dumps it on us and we weren't managing it? It's like, okay, here's a new property, bam, go. And it's vacant, right? Um, that's where we have, we're able to make a quick evaluation, take quick action because we have everything at our fingertips. We have contractors at our fingertips. We have the answers that we need at our fingertips. We know what we want to see and what we want it, the end result to be, and we can get to it
0: very quickly. And we can pre-market it. We can do a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, tools and resources get it done.
1: One of the other things, Kyle, that some of our clients expect and some just appreciate is getting multiple quotes for things. Mm-hmm. This is one of the other reasons why I feel like we're able to quickly do that without slowing down the process. And that I say that because getting multiple quotes for some trades really slows things down. You got to get this guy out. He tells you what you want. And then you got to call somebody else and wait another day or two for him to get out there and get the quote back to you. And like a week or two could go by while you're waiting for three quotes for something, right? And that's money lost. Mm-hmm. So being able to get those quotes quickly from from contractors that we know and trust is another huge advantage. I can present to my homeowner two or three quotes very quickly and, you know, give them a recommendation.
0: Yeah, and you can call it the power of property management if you want. When we show up on their phones, they try to jump to make sure they can get in the regular business line, right? Where if any retail customer does it, it's not the same rush. And mm-hmm. that's when we need to do that um, in... It bringing it back to loyal pricing and all that stuff, it's generally a testament to, you know, being able, getting our clients to love our loyal contractors because mm-hmm. they don't know yeah. that they're getting other, that we're getting other bids for their work. And generally they never find out because I get other bids and they're like, I'm like, yep, it's still the, it's still the one. So, yeah Yep. Yeah. and then they stop asking. So <laughs>
1: Yeah. One of my final things here, Kyle, that that I wanted to talk about, you know, experience just gives us the understanding of what a property needs to 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 um, maximize that investment, to get the most out of it that you possibly can. And so I wrote down something here that that, and I have kind of an analogy that that I like to use. Don't overdress for the occasion. Mm. Yeah. So, so this is one of the, I, I get people, I get sellers that ask me to help them sell their home and I get prop and, and homeowners that, that renting their properties, both do the, they fall victim to this HGTV mentality. I got to do all this stuff. I saw this guy do this. I got to do this. I got to have a barn door there and a, and a, and a ranch sink there. And, you know, and so Sometimes I, I, the analogy is like this: You don't dress up for in a in a tuxedo and a cocktail dress to go to a backyard barbecue. Mm-hmm. You're still gonna get a hot dog and baked beans, right? No matter how, no matter how much money you spent on that tuxedo and that dress, and how much time you spent to get it all dressed up, when you went to that backyard barbecue, you're you're not getting any more out of it. You're still getting. Beans and, and my dogs.
0: Yeah. And I think what you're getting at is is making a rental how you want it or how, how you think it should look or making one of your rentals to your desires and all the things you would put in your home and forgetting that you're not creating a home for yourself. You're not even creating mm-hmm. a home for anyone specific. You're creating a home for the market. Exactly. Unless you're not, you're creating yeah. a home for the market. So those things you think making you feel better or whatever are actually hurting because they're specific to you, which means they're sometimes specific to others, but not specific to a whole nother net of people. So you, you, I hate to say, just keep it a blank slate and neutral. But when you get outside of the realm of I'm doing this for a reason that relates to a subset of people or something like that, um, you're not targeting the whole market and you always want to target the whole market. So, well, yeah.
1: And, and I I just don't want, I just hate to see people waste money and do things that aren't going to get the return back from them really is really the point. Right. So like people do a specific uh, update thinking, okay, I'm going to be able to get a hundred dollars more a month. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe the market doesn't care about that as much as you do. And nobody's willing to pay for that right? But you could take that money and spend it over here and get more money. And that's kind of where where our expertise comes in.
0: Yeah. And it, it's, there's a fine line with some of the things, like some, some updates and changes are appreciated by tenants once they live there, mm-hmm. but not noticed at all on looking at it, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying that's a reason not to do it. It's just something you should understand when you make those decisions that this isn't, it's not adding value because it's adding personal value to someone who lives there. It's not. It didn't
1: affect the amount of rent that you got. That they were willing the to pay of... to live there. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly.
0: Right. So, I mean, you could soundproof a whole house so that the neighbors aren't annoying, but I'm not going to tell you, depending on, you know, unless it's a very specific house, I'm not going to tell you that that's mm-hmm. profitable change to make to your property considering the cost, so.
1: I love it, Kyle. this This has been a really good topic. This is a, the, like I said, it's probably the second biggest way that that we have an impact on people's people's investment on a regular basis every single day.
0: Yeah, we talked about pricing last week, where um, we use that tool to pay for ourselves. I'd like to say that some of these tools also use mm-hmm. us to pay for 100%. themselves. If you were going to pay for a pair of those two fifty that we can get for two hundred. I'm not gonna advertise that, but it's it's still a metric there that it's fifty dollars cheaper. The Setons,
1: so. when they sat down with us, talked a lot about that. Trevor Kerr, when he sat down with us, he talked a lot about that, about that very thing. So it's that's it's really, really important. Um find the things that
0: don't get charged, right? I mean, if you call us, we have the experience, if you call us, there's a lot of things tenants will call us about over the phone where We'll read between the lines because we've heard this before, whatever it is, and either talk them through. Like sometimes there's been huge trip charges and scary repairs avoided because I was like, please go check that breaker in the garage first before I send people out. (laughs) Or um, is your GFCI not? You know, little things. They sound little, but they can, if they get chased around or they get presented as a big enough thing that it's not and you don't know. How to see that um, it can it can add unnecessary cost even if it's a seventy five dollar trip fee or whatever um, it's still unnecessary right um, especially if that person didn't do anything and just told you this ain't my problem
1: <laughs> well that goes back to experience right yeah. and being able being able to know what the problem might be and, and how to handle it you know our contractors do that too. You know that um, they do that a lot more often than we realize sometimes we've got one contractor in particular that does I don't know he probably does what 60 70% of our repairs he's he's a huge part of our business I'm referring to Juan at JC remodeling and he he goes out to properties all the time diagnoses things <laughs> did I say that right does diagnosis for us and does r- small repairs for us and gets us past a problem and then doesn't even charge us for it Be- Again, because of the amount of business he gets from us.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it, that didn't come in a day, you know? those the, that, that margin That's right. business didn't come in a day or a year or any of that. It takes time and it takes experience and him sh- showing the loyalty and, and the work that would be done and, and that he would do those things. That he's saving our clients money and us using him saves our clients money. Yeah. Um, so it's all important. Um, yeah. And another piece to that is... Every once in a while, maybe every hundred years, this crazy winter storm might come through <laughs> and every plumber in oh, wow. this this Juan. half of the world will uh, be unavailable to everybody who needs them. One was a savior, wasn't he? <laughs> him and, and other, other contractors, but yes, yeah, specifically him is putting us not just at... The priority, but in the front of the line throughout the whole process, I think we wouldn't have been able to do what we did.
1: I think Thursday of that week was the first day that people could actually somewhat drive. And it was really only the people with trucks, right, that could drive on Thursday. He was on the road handling over half of our issues on Thursday and finished repairing all of our leaks
0: on Friday, I believe it was. With him and one of his guys because he couldn't put he couldn't put a you know, he can't they risk his guys, we can't so risk our hard. guys. I was I was running around turning water off at places while he was running around, you know, stopping leaks. And uh, you know, that's the big fish at the time when places are flooding. But even the the processes after that of correcting the damage from all those all that stuff, going through the insurance process with a lot of homes, uh it, just we could do an entire podcast
1: on Snowmageddon, huh? We could just
0: call it the Snowmageddon podcast. We could, and we we're talking about it pretty much in the past, and it's also a and we're still dealing with. We it. are still dealing <laughs> with it, but I'm sh- I guarantee you, there's a lot of property managers, a lot of managers out there that are heavily still dealing with it because of these same supply chain issues. And we yep. are in beginning of June. This happened mid February, yep. and that's that's the extent to where this just shocked yep. it. So, yep. um. And then plumber prices go up. Imagine that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, good stuff, Kyle. Good topic. Thanks for for sharing with us. Um, Next week, we want to get into. Uh, tenant selection is kind of our part three of how a property manager can make you more money and help you maximize
0: your investment, right? Yeah. Tenant selection, leasing process, marketing, um, all ties back to tenant selection, but it's, it's, it's a huge piece of not just the pain points that we hear from clients that hire us, but also the things we solve for our clients. So yeah, yeah. it's valuable in itself.
1: Love it. All right, Kyle, let's, uh, let's wrap this up Do you. If you don't have any other thoughts, um, I look forward to, uh, to getting into tenant selection next week in our next podcast.
0: Can't wait for it. Hope you guys are looking forward to it. And, as I said last week if you guys would like a free analysis on all of your properties or just to let you know what we can do for you how much we can make you or rent price whatever you want to see send us an email at show the money at I love that that was show me the money at
1: can I do that one time Go show ahead. me the money at tpm.com <laughs>
0: At we are it. TPM. Oh, uh, we are TPM. Gonna do it, see, do I it messed right. it up. I so. messed
1: it up. Okay. Show me the money at weartpm.com. You did it so much better, Kyle. You just wanted you to end finish it at money yep. and say, yep. Show me the money. I just wanted well, to say, Show me the happy money. Happy to show
0: you the money. Email us and see you guys next week.
1: All right. Good job, Kyle. Thanks.